Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a June 6th Tuesday evening edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer at many places, Associated Press, Real GM, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. And I'm joined today for a new Lockdown Blazers and Bench Biggs review Woo. by Corbin Smith from Vice Sports, occasionally at the Willamette Week as well. But mostly oh, is, by, this part, is this the part where I say, but mostly, oh, hello, by, Eric. but mostly by sports. What up, Corbin? And the shocker, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hi, Eric. We are talking about my favorite kind of player today, which is big men that aren't very good. It's, it's the best kind of NBA player, in my opinion. Why is that? Um, because. They are the only NBA players that feel cursed to like be NBA players. You know what I mean? Like they're seven feet tall. They're relatively athletic. Like all their li- like you can tell you can feel the burden of like all their lives. People like shoving them in the back and saying it's time for you to get in the NBA. And then they're there and they realize it doesn't make them happy. And you can just, every time they walk up and down the court, you can just see that like leaking out of their faces. And I just think that's beautiful. You know what? I, I never thought about it that way, but there yeah. is, there is a, hum, there is a, a really stark humanity in that. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To the, to the mediocre big man, like this is his fate. Like there's not a lot of professional athletes where you look at them and they say this is their fate. But the but the middling big man is the he's he's there, you know. This is not a blazer tangent, but did you see the very sad I mean maybe it won't make you sad cuz it's Dwight Howard, but did you see the very sad thing that he said today about making three about deciding to take his game out to the three-point line? <laughs> Speaking of yeah, sad. sad. I just just retire, dude. It's fine. Nobody's Nobody wants you in the league anymore. And he'd still probably be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Eh. He did win, what, four, three or four defensive depoys? Yeah, something like we, that. I can't believe Dwight Howard's going to make the Hall of Fame. Made, made a finals, one of, the most impro- one of the more improbable finals runs of recent memory. Oh, yeah. Maybe he'll, I don't know. Maybe something will happen and it'll keep him out. Who knows? 
But no, it won't. He's going to be in and he's going to give the dumbest speech. And like people are going to be like, ah, that Dwight, he loved to have fun. Like when he gets in, when he gets in, people are going to romanticize him having fun. But him having fun is horrible. No one likes it. Yeah, only only he likes it pretty much. Poor guy. Yeah. Nah, not really. No, he's he, not. He's not poor at all. In no. Fact. And and like he's like the opposite of a of one of these bigs. Like he's he's an insane tryhard. Whereas everyone else was just kind of forced into it and doesn't really want to be there. But like yeah, Dwight yeah, definitely wanted these, to be there. These guys we're talking about today, like they're cursed. Like Dwight Howard was not cursed to become an NBA player. Like he's an undersized center whose primary aesthetic quality is that he's like beefed out, you know, which means that he works out a lot, which means that he cares too much. And like, that's not appealing. It's not. Um, so we are going to talk about the bench bigs today. We're going to do the season review because we've already done the review on the bench wings, the guards, the cleaners, as I like to call them, Harkless and Aminu, and also did the starting bigs, Nurkic and Plumley. But if you want to say your piece about Nurkic or Plumley in the discussion of the bigs, we will do that. But we're not going to get there yet. we got some news. Oh, okay. Sorry. News before... That and then Jeff Sessions talking about resigning that news. No, but that is news. That is important news. Exciting news, maybe or not. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell nowadays. I imagine that if he did, like they wouldn't. Sorry. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so um, nobody wants to hear Corbin talk about this is an El Chapo trap house. No, (laughs) no, this is not Chapo trap house. Uh Anyway, so the the news that I wanted to discuss before we jumped into the uh, season review of the bigs uh, in Blazers world is it actually broke last week. We didn't do a podcast about it. Uh, it the the reports have gained a little bit more information. There's a little bit more out there we know now about these rumors, and that rumor is that the Blazers are talking with a couple of teams reportedly uh, Mm. about moving one of their picks. Uh, Obviously some people a couple early last week were saying that Portland was interested in, in getting rid of picks to get rid of salary. And that's of course we have all been saying that for the past three months or whatever. So it wasn't really that uh, relevant, but now we actually have teams and names involved. Uh, the first, the news reported by the Sporting News first, Sean Devaney, and then uh, the update that we have today is from ESPN's Ian Begley. The Knicks are trying to acquire an additional first-round pick. They've spoken to Portland about a potential trade involving one or more of their first-round picks, and Begley added a source said last week that the talks were ongoing and that there were several discussions or several different iterations, excuse me, of a potential trade being discussed. One included the Knicks taking back a player from Portland, and per a source, a name that was discussed was Mo Harkless. <sighs> unclear what the Knicks would give up in a trade, but it's worth noting that Portland may look to shed salary, and it's unlikely that the Knicks would trade the number eight pick for multiple picks from Portland, but a source said that that scenario should not be ruled out. Oh. So. You know, I have to say, I didn't read this report. Well, I read it to you. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Uh, 
how do I feel about this? Is that is that? Yeah, I think that's where we're going with that. Is that where we're going? Yeah, I think it's good. The Blazers should send salary. Their cap situation is incredibly bad. Yeah, yeah. I hope they trade Turner. I and I hope. Okay, it's not only that I hope they trade Turner, which I realize is like a kind of pie in the sky thing on a certain level. It's also that I feel like Phil probably likes Turner. He's very in like Phil's idea of like what a triangly type wing might be. That's right. And I would be really great if the Blazers could trick that old man into taking the cursed monkey's paw. Now uh, there is, I, I felt the same way when I heard that first rumor and I, I, there, it felt like there was something in my brain that had remembered something like that. And so I just I just Googled Evan Turner, Phil Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came up on a story from last season when he was in Boston where Chris Mannix of the Vertical and does Boston Celtics coverage as well reported that he thought that, that Turner was going to end up in New York. He thought that that was Turner's eventual destination. And that was last year, but that didn't happen because the Blazers paid him a lot of money, a lot of money. Yes, they did. And so, and and one of the things that he cited was, I've been told that Phil Jackson is a big fan of Evan Turner. That is, that is a quote from the story that Manix wrote. Yeah. It just, it's a match made in, in, I mean, whatever the Knicks equivalent of heaven is, I guess. Some kind uh, of some kind of weird Shangri La, yeah, like like Shangri La, but all the food is baloney. You know, yeah, it's a match made there, and if if the Portland can get Evan Turner off their hands, oh, that would be phenomenal, be really great. I we would never have to watch Evan Turner ever again. He would, yeah, and he would just be on msg with that just incredibly high production value oh i thought you were gonna say high voice no I, no i was just saying like the, i, I guess mean the MSG bro- yeah we probably shouldn't drag his voice all the time no I mean, but he has an insane voice I, yeah don't sue me please evan if you're listening to this don't come after me but you, your voice is weird dog but anyway he's yeah. also not very good and he doesn't shoot the right kind of shots, but he does kind of shoot the right kind of shots for a very narrow idea of basketball that it seems like Phil Jackson's really into. So it'd be really beautiful if that can make two people happy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. And, and listen, I'm sure Evan Turner, let's, let's be real. Evan Turner will probably be a little bit happier in, in New York. Oh yeah. He, I mean, he, he, he's from Chicago New York is a lot more like Chicago than Portland is. It is. That's so, true. so I and 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 so I'm sure he'd be happy because uh, he'd still get the same money. It's not like I mean, be- it's not like Evan Turner is like waking it's every day thinking like, where am I going to get the rings? Where am I? You know, he's a you know, he's a, he's a professional basketball player. He goes where they tell him to. He's not a he's not Kevin Durant. You know, he's not. A, Doing all the calculations he possibly can to figure out where he's going to win the most. I mean, yeah, he had that indie stint. Oh yeah, where like they tried to like gear up to beat yeah. LeBron, and they got Evan Turner. 
Oh, but then they started losing when he arrived. Yes. And then they lost in the playoffs. But like it, but like the second half, man, Evan Turner is, and and it, it sucked too because like that Pacers team was was really good for like a, a lot a good chunk of that season. They were yeah. crushing everybody, and then all of a sudden it just went it went sideways. I mean, like like right when they traded for Evan Turner, they traded Danny Granger for Evan Turner, and then or something along those lines. Yeah, I think they were like released Granger and traded for Turner or something and they, they were like this is an improvement and it because Granger's injured all the time, but it wasn't. Granger's non-existence was better than Turner's existence that year. Evans had a good year since then, so I don't want to trash I mean not this one that he just had, but Boston last the year yeah, before Boston. Where Everyone mediocre turns into a um, wizard. Yeah. Not like a Washington wizard, like a magics kind of wizard. You know, I looked at the I was looking at his his numbers not to get too deep on Evan Turner, but he, he got to the free throw line a lot. Like his free throw weight was much higher in Boston than it was in Portland. Uh so I don't know what happened. I mean he just didn't he get probably, to the basket. I think he probably handled the ball more. The Blazers kinda used him funny. Like I don't think he's good enough to be used in the way that he was used in Boston, but they try to use him as an off ball a little more sometimes, but I, he has the ball sometimes. I just think he had the ball in his hands less. Yeah, no, he had it like a little bit less, but I, he also, uh, it also co- his arrival also coincided with a dip in usage rate for Crab, which did yeah. not result uh, in, a good, in a good season for Crab. Anyway. Uh, but I, I mean, here we it, go talking about Evan. Tur- I mean, obviously, the dream with this next thing, it has to be said, is that Carmelo finally fulfill his destiny, wave his trade clause, and end up in Portland. I, I'm with you, and it, it's he, and it's never gonna happen probably because Carmelo it, Anthony has is everybody that has reported on what he wants to do is adamant that he wants to stay in New York that he's not gonna leave. Melo, I. And, and he wants if to do LA maybe. Carmelo, if you're listening to this, you would love Portland. Think you're... about think about all the like I could totally see Melo getting into bikes. Oh, absolutely. Uh I could see him getting into restaurants. Yeah. All the restaurants are great. I mean, if I mean if you're telling me that you couldn't imagine seeing Carmelo Anthony at the Tasty and Sons on Williams. Like semi frequently, I don't. You have no imagination. I'm at, like I'm at, all anybody would talk about is I saw Mello at a restaurant. I saw Mello at a different restaurant. The second he gets fat, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I spent a little too much time at Tusk, huh, buddy?" Mello, Mello would have Portland in the palm of his hand. Yeah, like if if Mello, if Mello, like and things things are things are a little rough at home. Yeah, they, like maybe just come over, you know. Yeah, it's beautiful here, man. It's, you're going to love it. It's it's where New Yorkers come to retire. I was about to say, there's nothing more New York than moving to Portland after New Portland York has ground you down. You kind of flame out there. This is a Joe Swide joke. I was the first person. But it's also like the most obvious thing in the world. It's anybody like, who lives in Portland knows at least like five people that moved from New York that just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. It's like relaxing New York, Mellow. Like Nike's here. You can go, I don't know, hang out. There's probably some money to be made there at Nike somehow. I don't know. Yeah. 
Wyden, you can visit Wyden Kennedy sometimes. That's that's like doing all this fake New York business stuff you do. I mean, you yeah, can bike I mean, everywhere. Uh, food's maybe, great. I mean, mellow. Open you know, a I'm restaurant. This is a Denver, dude. Like, it's not. This is Portland, baby. Portland. I can totally see Mello getting into beer, like going oh. to the, going to the brew fest. Oh man, he's just standing. Yeah, he, uh, one of the eight gazillion block parties they have where they give everybody free beer. <laughs> yeah, it just just it, all, belongs, all the free beer. At he the block belongs party. here. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not even sure it would be like a good idea, you know, tactic wise or anything. I just know that I would like. To, I mean, I just know that I'm seeing what the Warriors are doing out there, and I'm like, ah, oh, well. Can we guess at least have some year, fun? Yeah, guess the next two years are a little pointless, and I just feel like turning up, flipping on the TV, and seeing Carmelo jack up just goofy shots. And uh, and talking about what restaurants you saw him at on Twitter, it just I just think it's a great way to spend the next two years. And that's all Melo has left on the contract, right? It's just he just has two it's years, two left. or three years. I can't remember, but it's less than four. That's all I remember. But yeah, two or three years or something like that. Look, black is very slimming. Yeah. Uh, Mello, once again, Mello, if you're listening, just just tell Phil you got to trade him here. Maybe I mean I would. What would you? What would you? I would. You know, McCollum, get him out of here. I mean, it looks like he's got two more years left. Oh, even better, even better. He becomes a free agent in 2019, and then he can resign for the minimum in here. <laughs> Retire a blazer. We love ball. You'll be like Bill Walton. I don't know. You know, they're going to be in the, it'll be, it'll be like, it'll be like washed Scotty Pippen when Scotty, like, like washed Scotty Pippen came here and he kicked butt and and the city loved him. You could be Carmelo. You could be washed Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Watch Scotty Pippen almost won a ring. No. And think about it. Like he's going to be in New York. They're going to suck still. They're playing the triangle or whatever. He comes here. They make the playoffs. Maybe they win. Harry they, does motion stuff. He'll get you your ISOs. Don't worry. Maybe they win a game. Or maybe they win a playoff series. Maybe if they do well enough in the regular season, people will like you. Yeah, like, no, it, no. and that's kind of hard. It hasn't really that hasn't really been working for Melo. People haven't really the been liking. The only reason people like Melo in New York right now is that people hate Phil so much that they will like that they like Melo just because Phil hates Melo. If you come here, people will just be like, we love you. You'll get you got to do it, buddy. Yeah. So, Mello, if you're listening, because the Evan Turner trade for Mello works, by the way, it doesn't actually shed any salary, but that that just works. Yeah. It, oh, it works one to one because of the it's like it's like one point five on salaries now or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It goes through on the trade machine. So if you go if, if, you, if you do Turner and a first. That that could work, but Mello has to approve it. Phil gets his Phil gets the player of his dreams. And into uh I mean, I know that he doesn't really play defense anymore or whatever, but like Did he ever? I mean, and also are the Blazers good enough offensively to be like, oh well, you know, we can't take a better offensive player. We, yeah. we like they weren't. They they we take it, a, you know what? 
you could do Turner and Harkless for Mello and still get relatively good value there. Yeah, I mean, you probably have to take you someone. Take most of Harkless's minutes, probably, right? Yeah, I th- he would, and you would have to take someone else back, I think, to make that work with the cap, because I think New York would be giving. So you'd have to get like Lance Who's Thomas or something. Oh yeah, Lance Thomas is probably the funniest person. Lance Thomas is thrown around. I think maybe you could do Kyle O'Quinn if you wanted to get if you could get Myers in there. Maybe you put uh, My- you put Myers in there. Maybe you get Kyle O'Quinn. I don't know. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe put Myers in there or and Ed did, uh, or Ed Mar- Marshall Plumley. Yeah, I don't know. It would just be funny if Marshall Plumley was on the team anyway. after we got rid of Mason Plumley. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the trade that I would be interested in, just because I think. It'd be cool to see. First of all, you're not going to beat Golden State anyway. It'd be cool yeah, to have a little. It, it'd be it'd be cool to have a little extra star power. Yeah. Uh, Mellow can still do mellow things just at a limited basis. Like it could be, he could have like a Joe Johnson moment where he's oh, just like the Joe Johnson moment. It's so lovely. He's not going to have it in New York. He'll never no. make the playoffs to have like that one like no, last they're gasp. Doing insane things. They're just huffing gas over there, man. You know what we're huffing over here? That be. No one knows what I'm talking about. That be. Look, we didn't yeah. we didn't talk about this part of it, but let's just say that there's a non-judgmental atmosphere in the city about uh, about plants. Wink. He could get into botany. Yeah. Home, home, uh, home, uh, home gardening, so to speak. He, he grind can, up the fertilizer. He even has, there is even a mentor for that in the local market who kind of played his position a little bit. Uncle Spliffy. Cliff Robinson. Shh, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't know what you, I don't, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but there's just a thriving gardening scene here. Mellow. Wink. Yeah. Like I I'm just thinking of like I'm just thinking about like Mello doing like just Oregon stuff. Like and it yeah. being on Instagram all the time and just like and like you said, like people seeing Mello like riding up would, to the it would, gorge. It would make it an event. Like like Mello on the Blazers would be kind of an event. Yeah. So anyway, I that's what I would like to have because I don't because every other trade that I've looked at is like meh. Like, yeah, like Most of the trades are whatever, but <laughs> mellow baby, just wave the, just wave the no trade. It's all you got to love it here. You'll love it. Portland will be all about you. Mellow. If you come, uh, yeah. Cause well, honestly, nobody, nobody thinks Portland's going to win a title, dude. Like nobody, like you're not going to have those kinds of expectations when you're here. We'll just love you. We people love LaMarcus Aldridge mellow. <laughs> There were people who were heartbroken when LaMarcus Aldridge like imagine what you could do. Someone like, who's fun to, someone who's fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, Damien, I'm, I'm, Damien is he's a nice young man. He's not going to he's not going to stick his thumb in your eye or anything. It's one it's wonderful situation. Yeah, you, you got CJ who is going to be, you know, who do you want when you're going to become a Hall of Famer one day, Melo? You and Nurkic can complain about Denver together. 
CJ McCollum can write the column like right before Mello goes into the Hall of Fame about what a great teammate he was. Oh, yeah, and in the Players Tribune, nobody's going to do that better. No, no, no NBA player in the league can promise you that post-retirement great blog post like CJ can't. Yeah, there's, there's, this is an all upside play, Mello. You get a trade kicker. I mean, the taxes here, but not great. But but they're they're, they're not that much different from New York. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's not like he's leaving the Suns. It's not like he's leaving the Spurs or the Rockets or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, Mello, you got to come to Portland. We've been talking about this way too long. It's like my it is like my singular obsession though. There's no reason for Mello not to come to but, Portland. But why shouldn't we talk about it? I mean, it's like first of all, it's like the first real news we've had in. Yeah. The, the rumor. real well real, real. news. The, yeah. it's the first good rumor we've had in a while so yeah, it's true. it's fun to explore the possibilities of what may happen um it looks like uh, and also i was just like looking at some of the draft like mocks and stuff like that i think the guy that would be like ideal to get on the team would be jonathan isaac but there's no way they can get him even if they move up to eight so like again uh, but yeah, we, yeah, I don't know we, anything. I don't know anything about the draft. I'm sorry. Oh. I, I got nothing for you there. Um, I guess before we do the bench bigs, I know there's one kid from the University of Washington. Yes, and he's going to be the first pick. That's his name. Yeah, and I know the big baller kid. I mean, I know like who his dad is. Uh, uh, to wash ball. Yeah. Uh, that's the that's his that's his name in Spanish is lavar is the verb to wash. Oh, so his name is his is, name Spanish? No, but it's just oh. it's just it's just a, a funny coincidence. Levitard brought that to my attention, but it is definitely true. His name is to wash. Spanish. I know Why I speak Spanish, know? but I, I I just didn't. I was only I was thinking him in terms of lavar ball. I wasn't thinking of him in terms of like oh what it, would it be if his name was in Spanish? Okay. Um. But anyway, uh, let's talk about the finals real quick before we go into the uh, oh. bench big season in review. Uh, oh, they've been so great. I love this. What a great playoffs. I hope this happens every year now. Is this why it, it, the finals are maybe why we're so into mellow, the mellow to Portland hypothetical? Is because, yeah, because like we have nothing been, else. It, it's uh, it's been uh, not a very good finals, guys. Not good. At least the first halves have been okay, but. It just the the second it ends is just it's just over, man. It's yeah, a bummer. yeah. The the Cavs just they they can't afford. I mean, it sounds very like simple and obvious, but they really just can't afford any droughts at all against them, and they. Still also, have to play close the entire time. Like they can't pull away. No, it seems like. Uh, Thompson can't play. That's insane because he was great for them last year. They, I mean, it's insane to say that the Warriors managed to get better centers than last year. In addition to adding Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah, Durant. I mean, Durant's great. I don't want to. Curry's great. Looks like Clay Thompson's good again. Is horrible. Yeah. And, I don't. And then, I, Dray, and then Draymond, Draymond doesn't even have to be very good, and they still they still won both games running away. Yeah. And Draymond's like chilling. If they sweep this, this is an article idea I have. Nobody steal it. 
<laughs> but if they sweep this, it's going to be like someday there's going to be like a dawning romanticism about them going 16 and 0. And I just want to be the person who tells the future generations that it was not even kind of fun. It was like super a bummer. Like yeah, they only I, the only like there was one game they should have lost and they only didn't because somebody got injured. Like and because just, and because LaMarcus Aldridge just didn't make a couple of turnarounds. Like if Aldridge makes a couple of turnarounds. Well, actually that part I thought was fun. But <laughs> the <laughs> but Leonard getting injured, I thought that was lame. Yeah. No, it was and, and I can't I can't disagree. I mean I mean, they've had what? Like they've had like three maybe two games where it was interesting. I mean, there's the there's the the, the Spurs one where they were down by a bunch and then then Leonard got injured and Yeah, and then and like, then hey, we should run our entire offense through LaMarcus Aldridge. Well, and even and the, I don't know if the listeners are familiar with how that goes, but <laughs> I think they are. Yeah, they're all nah. they're all very familiar with Lamarcus's game. I think. Well, then, and then and then the one game too in the Portland series where Portland was up by seventeen or whatever, you knew they weren't going to win that game because Nurkic had to walk up the court because he was playing on a broken leg. Like, and, and they now, also beat the Jazz, right? I don't even remember what happened in that series. The, the Jazz, like the Jazz, they just got rolled four times, right? Yeah, I think the Jazz, I think the Jazz had like a 7-point lead at one point and that was like the biggest lead they had in That's... the series. I think the overall point differential was better in that series than the Blazers one because the the finale of that Blazers series was so bad. But uh that wasn't very good. That Utah series was an absolute snoozer and then and then the the other three games of the Spurs series I mean even like game I mean those I mean the Spurs series was like it was interesting kind of because like there was like the Manu yeah he was good but Leonard was injured the whole time and uh Marcus is bad yeah and then in this series yeah you said Thompson can't play which I feel like they gotta even if they can't play I mean I, I I like the fry minutes a little bit but I think they should just go all in and try and get every offensive board. But the problem is, is that they also need to grab every defensive board and they couldn't do you that. You can't do both. I mean, you can't get, you can't try to get every offensive board without giving up transition buckets and they're too good in transition. There's, I mean, I, I feel like that's the risk they have to take though. Cause like what, cause I, I, I mean, I think a lot of people have said it, but it's like when you play small against them, they just do it better than you. The so so like Durant plays center and like that's better than you know Durant plays center with all those guys like I mean I don't know it it's just the, not it's just not better. The only def the only apparent defense against the Warriors right now is waiting for them to get capped out. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah for them to be for them to have for them to need for them to necessitate for their top heavy roster to necessitate like building a bench that is so terrible that it's unworkable. And if people keep doing this David West bull crap, like that might just not happen. Well, I mean, people have been doing the David West thing for a long time. Like, like Shane Battier. Yeah. But West was too young to do, start doing it. He was, he's too good to start doing I, anyway, no, I, I hear you, but he, I mean, he's kind of started doing it the year before with the Spurs when they got Aldridge. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, he yeah. was like, and, and like yeah, what, David what's he, West career has been embarrassing ring chasing David buddy. You can't spend rings. 
it's just make money. That's all. That's all anybody expects. I, I don't. We're just. Why we're would just, you let yourself get so sold on the idea that like winning is a tangible thing that you would willingly sacrifice like ten million dollars? It's insane to me. It is. This is Corbin. Corbin hot taking on David yeah, West. My hot take is: if you're a professional athlete, you should try to make a lot of money. And if you're the kind of professional athlete who's like, oh, I need to sacrifice to get a ring, like make sure that if you're doing that, like there's a financial reason for that on the other end. For instance, if you're LeBron James and you're doing that, that's a good idea. Or Kevin Durant. Or Durant, because you're establishing yourself as a the kind of dude who can get paid a million dollars to be in commercials anytime for the next 20 to 30 years. So that's a good idea. But if you're just... If you're just like, if you're just David West, without the ring, I won't leave without the ring. Like, come on, dude, just leave without the ring. You can, you can buy a fake ring. This just kicked off an idea in my head. Who's going to be the most random warriors ring chaser of the next like three years or so. Like what, like which, which NBA player do you like, do you think is going to just like show up on the warriors just out of nowhere and just, and just end up on their team. To, to 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 ring chase because they're they're gonna get so many more guys like this. Uh, here throwing this out here, maybe a little strange. Carmelo Anthony. Wow, could happen. Could happen if he, if he gets bought out or something by someone. Or which, um, yeah, if he gets bought out. Uh, or if just you know, he just decides he needs a piece of that. Uh, I can't, I don't know. I, uh, I'm looking at per game. St- I don't know why I thought Ooh. this would be helpful. I just got an idea, but it, it will probably be totally ruined by, uh, if someone gives him a max deal, but Isaiah Thomas, like if someone, if he's the market's kind of lukewarm on him. If, if Isaiah gets injured, I think that that could like, that could go south real quick. And I think he could end up in Oakland as a result. He could get JaVale McGee, so to speak. I see that. I see that as a possibility, maybe. Not, I don't want Isaiah Thomas to get injured. I want to make this perfectly clear. No, I feel, no, we don't. Was, I and, feel like that was a bit of a mercenary opinion. But, and I like him in Boston because he's – they love him. He loves them. It kind of seems like a – Yeah, that's that's why I don't like him in Boston. Because it just it – just, it's a little yeah. too much Boston. Yeah, it's gross. It's super gross. Mello, My favorite Me- Mello, we hate, Bo- so we hate Boston just like New York. Where uh, LeBron uh, destroyed Boston. I was really fond of that game. That was a good regular season game. No, the playoffs. The playoffs. Oh, oh, those first two. When it I like was- that Le- somebody made a joke that LeBron – it was Big Pumpkin for real on Twitter.com – that LeBron just lost game four so he could come back to Boston – and embarrass everybody who lives in Boston in public. And I really feel like that was like the spirit of that. Oh, totally. I, I, I buy that. Yeah. You, you know what? I also fun fact about LeBron in Boston. I mm-hmm. want, I sometimes I have been watching gradually whenever I have time. Uh, and remember that I'm watching it is the survivor's remorse show uh, <laughs> on stars. 
and the LeBron James produced uh, TV series. Yes, yes, yes. I'm familiar. Please, I'm familiar with Survivors and Mowers. And the star, the 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 main character is actually from Boston. What? That's yeah. horrible. Yeah, yeah. I, weirdly enough, he's he from be from some uh, destitute uh, Midwestern city. Well, I guess not. I think yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, the the star player is from Boston. Boston. Cam Calloway. How? How <laughs> good totally is, bit off Cab Calloway. <laughs> how good is Survivor's Remorse? It's not bad. It's a good show. I mean, I think it's kind of funny. It has Mike Epps. He has some funny moments as as the uncle. Uh, it's it's got a good cast. It's got. I mean, it's got. Uh, you know, it's it's got a good. I think it's not bad. It's not a bad show. I'll have to take your word for it. I mean, it's it's not that bad. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, 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 please, Eric, enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. Not <laughs> not everything can be Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. It's no, no, it cannot. No, only one thing can. That's Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, listeners. We should probably talk about the bench pigs eventually. We should. We're on it right now. Um, oh, okay. Let's do it. So uh, we did the finals. We did the news. We did the mellow campaign. Um, you gotta come, mellow. I just, you'll love it here. But anyway, sorry, can, sorry, sorry. Uh, bench pigs. So um, I guess we'll start with uh, Myers Leonard since he's the first one on our list. Uh, stats for the season: he averaged eleven point eight points. Uh, seven rebounds. This is per 36 minutes. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Per 36, uh, 11.8 points per 36, seven rebounds, two assists. He shot 38.6% from the field, 34.7 from three and 48.4 effective, a field goal percentage, his worst in the last three seasons and Good. second worst of his career. Uh, other than 2013-14, which is a season in which he barely played. So for our purposes, that was his worst season uh, shooting the ball. He was genuinely efficient there for like half a minute. He shot 40-50-90. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like in a small sample, but it appears the league caught up to him. And then he fell down and they killed him. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a rough season. He recovered from just a couple notes on Leonard. Uh, he spent last summer recovering from shoulder surgery. He also dealt with back troubles throughout the year, uh, despite, you know, being listed as healthy and failed to match his production from even last season, which wasn't the 50-40-90 season, but was a decent season, decent-ish season. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it was better than this year. Uh, this was definitely his worst year in the in the last three, where he actually started to get playing time. Uh, he's had seasons in the past where he's been a good team rebounder. That didn't really happen for him this year. The shooting went sideways. Uh, he doesn't really get to the rim or around the basket. Uh, he shot way more threes this year than he has at any point in his career. At least the percentage of his shots, the three point rate was through the roof. Um, but his efficiency in long twos dropped his mid range game saw a massive 
decrease as well. He shot 31% from 10 to 16 feet, which is the worst mark of his career. I mean, the reason we're kind of going, I've been doing all these shooting stats. Three to 10 feet stat I'm looking at is very bad. Uh, Floater post up floater range from three to 10 feet. He fell 16 points from 54 to 38 and a half. Yeesh, Louise. It was it was a it was a really bad season all around for yeah. for him. Like and and he his game his effectiveness is is built in large part because he's a you know in the past few years has been a useful offensive player and this year it just wasn't that he wasn't scoring he wasn't shooting the ball well from even the mid range from anywhere mid range or three point. Uh, it was probably the worst season of his career. Uh, so I mean, Nurk's arrival was also like uh, kind of bad for him from a perception angle, at least. Oh yeah, because like every time Nurk got off the court and Myers got on, it was just like, "Where's Nurk? Bring Nurk back!" And it just and 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 all of Nurk's like successes, like he was a monster on the glass. He had like that twenty that twenty eight twenty five game or whatever it was. And it just totally was like Denver in that one game that they like needed to win. Yeah. He just, he, he stepped up in every moment that the Blazers needed him to and did all the things that the Blazers need of their center. And it just, you know, unfortunate for, for Myers that he had the season that he did. And then also to be paired up against, you know, a, a sensational stretch of basketball from Nurkic, like up against that for comparison sucked. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, rough season for Myers. He signed a four year, $41 million deal over the summer. Uh, you know, there, people have said that there were other teams interested. Uh, we don't know any numbers or offers. Uh, so all we have is the 441. He was offered 440 before last season and turned it down, got 1 million more. Uh, so good for Myers, uh, getting that, getting that extra mill, uh, but I mean, I guess it is a million dollars. It's a lot of that's a that's a million dollars. It's it, a million dollars. Like, I mean, like he, he, he held out for another million dollars. That's a lot of money. If I had a million dollars, it would like fix everything in my life. Yeah, but I'd stink at basketball. Exactly. Uh, right. But anyway, so yeah, Myers. Um, I think a lot of folks are looking at him as a potential trade target, not only because you know we just mentioned Nurkic was so good. Um, he had such a down year this year and, you know, even he was saying, you know, at his exit interview, like, I want to be here, but like, that's not in my, that's not under my control. And also like, he doesn't really want to be here. Right. I mean, I think he likes the city. I think he likes, I think he likes living in Portland. I saw him at a Clippers game once. Yeah, I think like I think he, he a I think with a fan. He's very tall. Yeah, I think he genuinely likes the city. He's wearing uh, sweatpants. So that's why. I know. People don't judge him for wearing sweatpants. He's an NBA player, man. Like what, what the, those guys are in sweats all the time. Like what, what are you going to do? Like go yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um but anyway, uh yeah, so I think a lot I mean we mentioned him potentially as someone that could be moved to New York. Uh he, my dude, I've I've been through some I've been through some rough times with Myers Leonard. I really think that dude needs just needs to go somewhere else. Just needs to try something else. 
because there's some tangible NBA skills there. Still athletic, but I the Blazers just can't make him work. And I and I I I would I think it would be best for everybody if we all just moved on. Yeah, hey, uh, and 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 Myers had his moments this season. He had he had a few good moments. I think one that came to mind was Dame's fifty nine, when Dame scored fifty nine points. Myers started in that game, set a lot of ball screens, hit some shots early to create some space uh, in that game. But uh, they were just the moments were too few and far between this year. And yeah, I mean. If this happens. This happens in the NBA. You know, guy. Most it's very rare the player that can stick around with a team for a decade or whatever, and also and not be like the superstar player. Like there's there's very few Nick Collisons or Udonis Haslam's in the league. Bruce Bowens. Bruce Bowens. You know, guys that have been Kobe on teams. Bryant. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mediocre role players. <laughs> Yes. Um, but yeah. And, and he's under contract for three years. And I think, you know, he does, he has documented that he can shoot the three. Well, I think he can be a better rebounder. Um, yeah, there's no, I will say there's no reason his three point shoot shot can't come back. His release is a little slow, but because of the position he plays, it doesn't really matter that much. And his height. Like, you know, most guys yeah. closing out on him aren't going to be able to stop a shot from a guy who's seven one. And then once he releases it, it's, you know, probably eight feet in the air. Of all the things in an NBA player's repertoire, the three his three point shot is the one that is most subject to randomness uh, year to year in a way that can like severely affect the way you play. So, so that is probably will not be a problem, but it, it shouldn't. He should rediscover it and himself, and it's somewhere else. Yeah, it, it just kind of it kind of seems like there's too much history at this point to continue um on the surface you know maybe uh they decide to stick it out and 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 give him one more shot basketball i mean blazer's internet thinks he's satan like which is yeah you should make don't get me wrong you shouldn't make your decisions based on blazer's internet ever ever yeah any decisions uh don't let blazer's internet pick who you marry tell me speaking from experience Blazers <laughs> pegged my wife and then we got divorced. There we go. I okay. Said okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. <laughs> I love jokes. Um, <laughs> anything else on Myers before we move on to our next uh, bench pick? I wish you well. Please leave. All right. Ed Davis. So uh, Ed. Ed Davis, uh, if you recall, was signed uh, in the aftermath of the Aldridge departure. Uh, signed a three-year deal worth just over $20 million. He has one last season left. It's one of those descending deals that Neil Olshay was able to snag uh, in that time. Uh, one more season left at $6.3 million, as I mentioned. Uh, kind of funny because it both Myers and Ed, they were a really solid pairing for the Blazers last year off the bench. They were whooping teams when they were out there, you know, Myers would play the four on offense and Ed would play the five. And then on defense, they would kind of switch and Ed Davis would guard fours, the quicker guys and Leonard would kind of hold it down in the paint and it worked really well for them. And, you know, Myers, I think his down season got a lot of attention, but Ed also had a really bad season. 
and, and, and he and and was injured. Uh, yeah. You know, he dealt with a shoulder injury that he apparently sustained last season in uh, the 2015-16 season. He had, I mean, just to recap it, career highs in field goal percentage, two point percentage, rebound percentage, one of the best offensive rebounders in the league, and a big reason why two seasons ago they were third in the league in offensive rebounding and were a top 10 overall team in this past season, 16, 17 Davis struggled with health and a smaller role. The result was so just a quick reference on that role mention his minutes per game went from 20.8 to 17.2. His, his per 36 minute production, uh, didn't get to nine points. And who took, who took his minutes, Vonley a little and and Myers too I would say Myers a little yeah uh, was he injured the entire time Aminu was injured and, well no he he played and he started when Aminu was hurt for a while oh, they went Plumley yeah. and Ed Davis for a while which was not not great either um, and yeah so uh, nine points per thirty six minutes worst turnover per thirty six minutes of his career he had less rebounds less assists less steals less blocks. Uh, his total rebounding percentage went down 3%. Defensive rebound percentage went down as well. Uh, true shooting percentage also down, uh, 5%. And, you know, shoulder injuries are tough. He, you never know how a guy might come back from them, whether they'll be strong, they'll, they'll still have their strength or if they'll have their strength ready. It's, it sounds like he's going to be ready for the regular season from all we've heard, but, uh, really bad season for him, and then he was shut down uh, about midway through the season, I think it was. But, uh, you know, really bad season for Ed Davis. I mean, it's got to be said. You know, he, he he didn't produce when he was out there. He was playing hurt, but uh, I think a lot of their success was built on him last year, uh, the second year. Built unit. on him being, like, way better than he had ever been before, too. Like, I, Davis definitely exceeded expectations last year. Uh, and even if like he wasn't struggling with injuries and sort of other kinds of malfeasance this year, like it would stand to reason that he probably would have regressed anyway, I think. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, he, he was arguably last year. I, I thought he was probably the, the best backup center in the league or like at least in the top five of backup centers. I mean, he, he, anytime he came into the game, that, he, I mean, backup center is literally the worst position in the league. It should okay. be stated, but yeah. Yes. Okay, fine. But he, he played minutes for the Blazers and was extremely productive and they were usually better when he was on the court and his finishing last year was incredible. Uh, I mean, I think he shot, oh, I think he shot 60% or something like that, which we should have known was, uh, out of of character. Yeah. Um, but he did that and, uh, I think people came to expect it, but then, you know, there's all these, there's all these, these things when you're managing a franchise and a team, when you have to deal with trying to win games now and trying to set up for your future, you know, you need to figure out ways to get Noah Vonley minutes. You need to play small because your team needs to play smaller. So they got more Aminu minutes at four, and they started that way, which meant less minutes in the front court overall for bigger guys. So that came back to hurt Ed. And then his his role just his role wasn't the same. He was hurt, and he just had a really bad season. And uh, I think actually, you know, with how how nice his contract is, it's also expiring. 
he's another guy that I look at, you know, I think obviously if he can come back and he's healthy would be a really nice backup big behind Nurkic. Uh, but the guy we're going to talk about after this, you know, he Vonley also played a lot of center, didn't do too bad with it. And I, you know, I, I do wonder, I think there could be a lot of teams that could be interested in Ed Davis because he is on a pretty reasonable contract. And if he comes back healthy and looks good, you know, that could be an interesting ad for a, a team that, you know, maybe a contender or or maybe he, he stays in Portland and just does does that role again, but just and doesn't. He, and he makes little enough money that he could theoretically even be cat filler if that. Yeah. If the Blazers need go out and get Carmelo like everybody wants them to. Melo, please come to Portland. Like everybody. Yeah. Everybody, everybody on this podcast. Everybody on this podcast. Everybody in Portland. It's all anybody talks about. I, I was that at, and that and anti fog guys getting beat up. Right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Do you, do, do you yeah. think Carmelo would be a fixture at the protests? Oh, you gotta hope. You I mean, he, hope. he he you did go, he did go into the favelas in Rio. Like I, I could totally see Melo at the protests. He would at the very least bring a camera crew and stand in front of the protest. And say like, yeah, this is the future of America's youth and then go do something else, which is fine. I mean, that's that's, you know, that's actually an awful lot to bring to a protest, all things considered. So please, Mello, come do that. Hey, um, any um, uh, any other Ed Davis thoughts? I mean, do you think Yeah, a cap filler, obviously, but do you, do you think I, here's my question, I guess. Is he, is, yeah, is he on the Blazers uh, at the start of the season? Yes. I think that the Blazers have uh, – if the Blazers are looking at moving somebody, that the guy who makes the least money in a junky cap situation will be a natural dude to keep around. That's what I think. Yeah, no, I, I think he's a guy they want, want to keep. I think Aminu is a guy they want to keep because Aminu still has two years left on his deal and is insane. And Aminu is really good. Re- he is, he is. When he plays, yeah. when he plays, he's good. And like, I would love to see, you know, I would love to see Aminu stick around. And he's cheap, like you said. And I think yeah. I, Aminu's I mean, probably like the third most valuable contract on the team. I think. Oh. Oh yeah, I mean, well, actually, well, probably. I mean, I guess we could rank them now. Probably, I would say, Nurk- I would Nurkic say is number Nurkic one. And McCollum. Uh, I don't like McCollum as much as most people. It's probably worth saying, but um, okay. And then I don't know whoever uh, Harkless, and then whoever Nurkic is making like one point yeah, something. Nurkic is on a rookie deal, and he yeah. and the Blazers get to match anybody who. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Ed Davis probably uh, a guy that they probably should keep around, and I think too if if Vonley doesn't continue to grow, then it's also good to have a safety net there yeah, yeah. In, in Ed Davis because even though he did did have a bad year, he can step up I think, and and he will play better because he won't be hurt. Yeah. So um, probably theoretically. yeah, theoretically, and he's you know he's good at, he's good at rebounding, and the Blazers like. They don't, they're not, most of their guys aren't good rebounders. You know, they had a really bad rebounding year this year and 
they they need more of that. And Nurkic helped, but like it'd be great if they could get rebounds on the first From, unit and the second unit. Nurkic is going to solve all their rebounding problems. Um, all their our, spiritual problems too. Our last guy, I love Nurkic. Uh, Noah Vonley, um, better. Better. Just, you know, there wasn't, you know, last year he had, uh, how old is he? He's 22. That's so young. Sorry. Read your, read what you got. Uh, his two point percentage went up nearly five points. He, uh, was not, you know, he played a lot more this year. They gave him the ball in the post a little bit. That didn't really go very well. I think he shot like 35% yeah, or something. That was, that was, that was, uh, that was Kendrick Perkins esque the way they would. <laughs> shove a ball into him for one sad little possession at the beginning of every game. And they go, okay, we're done. So they, they did that with Noah. Um, it looked to me that he, he, they, I think so there were, there were some stories about this too, that they were kind of telling him what to focus on. And he kind of, I feel like he just kind of focused more on getting offensive boards and, and being a role guy and a dunker and just a guy that can play in space and just finish some plays. Because I think when he first came here, and and he kind of you know he's one of those he's one of these guys of this newer generation where everyone plays AAU everyone handles the ball and so he's like you know I'm a playmaker I can do this and that and it's like well you know for the purposes of this offense you probably should just catch the ball and dunk and he did that uh, a lot more this year and he really grew he really just kind of exploded when the Blazers went on that major run. Uh, his numbers went through the roof in terms of plus minus where he had traditionally or historically with the Blazers had, had been a consistent minus when he was on the court. And for the first time in his career, he was a major plus. He, I think got a boost from the Nurkic arrival. He also played some backup center minutes, uh, really for the first time in his career, he got to play uh, more backup center and I thought did pretty well with it. I thought the Blazers looked good in those minutes. They looked more athletic. Uh, and I mentioned the Nurkic thing stat for you. Uh, when Vonley and Nurkic were on the court together, the Blazers were a plus 13 per 100 possessions in 306 minutes over 20 games. So it's a 20 game sample, just about a fourth of the season. And That's a terrible whistle. He kicked butt with Nurkic, and uh, I think, if anything, that is probably the most exciting moment so far of his career is like the last six weeks or whatever of on his career. He had the game winner uh, in that in that game against the Spurs. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, that was yeah, that was a nice little moment. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. He also he also played center twenty just a for a statistical reference he played center twenty nine percent of the time last year or this year after playing three percent of the time at center in twenty fifteen sixteen. You know he shot from three. Tell me, three fifty on twenty shots. Maybe that's something he adds to his game. Probably not, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I, I much prefer him being close to the basket to offensive yeah, yeah. rebound. He did a, he actually has been a pretty solid offensive rebounder. I think his rebounding percentage is like 11 or something like that in his career, which is uh, better than a lot of guys on the Blazers in that respect. And they need guys to get offensive boards. And he's going to be 22, which is great. It's like, uh, they should, uh, look, 
I don't know what Vonley's going to be like this year. Uh, but he came in young. He's still pretty young. There's no reason to think he wouldn't uh, be at least a little bit better this year. And so, he, got, he got better this year. Like yeah, that, that's he got better last year, and there's no reason to think he won't be better this year. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. the, the, they, they've kind of force-fed him minutes um, that he— po- I de- Against the wishes of certain elements of the organization, uh, so, Terry. I mean, I mean, Terry hates playing young players. Like, yeah. it's— uh, I, we all know this, right? Like, I mean, it's it's. It, I mean, it's just his past history has shown. I mean, he, you know, it, it just it's not what he goes to. Yeah, um, he hates it. He it, it, he he likes playing veterans, but yeah, because he likes what he knows. That's it. That's what coaches yeah, do. Yeah. They like what they can expect. They like to not plan every for what's like that. Terry's really like that, right? Most co- I would say most coaches like to plan for what they can expect. Rather than kind of take chances in that way. If Terry could have played Lillard, Matthews, Batum, Aldridge, Lopez, 49 minutes a game, he still would have been dissatisfied. Yeah. Dame was kind of like Dame is the is the the exception. But I mean, even then, when Dame came into the league, he was 22 years old and was basically a fully formed NBA player. The second yeah. he touched the ball. So yeah, like, no, he was. He he was way more mature than I mean, you know, I guess CJ, he didn't really he CJ had to definitely wait his turn yeah, under yeah. Stotts. CJ uh, stunk his first two or three years. Yeah, he he didn't have I mean he you know, he didn't have the uh, he didn't have quite the athleticism that he did now. He worked on that a lot. Um but um anyway, Sean wasn't was, as good. Yeah, no, he he got he got a lot better That's charismatic. Uh um uh, he didn't have those scary leathery wings he has now. Yeah, CJ slowly turning into a bad. I think. What do you mean? Like a like a like a like a blood sucking vampire bat. Oh oh oh. Yeah yeah. Yeah maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Who I knows? Mean, maybe maybe that's what you get into when you become a when you make when you sign a hundred million dollar deal you get into that stuff. Oh man. I'll bet you – oh, man. I'll bet you almost every NBA player who makes, like, at least $100 million has been like, oh, who can I talk about getting some gorilla blood in my veins? Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, it, it's like – it's like yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the, the Silicon Valley thing where they, you know, they, they get the blood of the youth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're pretty young. And they have pretty good standard blood. Dude, but who's, still, to say, but who's to say? I mean, they're I really trying to think get... it's more like they're sitting around one day watching the Discovery Channel and there's a nature documentary and they think like and they like see an animal and they think that's what true power looks like. And the next thing you know, they're talking to some shady scientist about like getting whale blood. I think this is how th- this is also low key wading into a performance enhancing drugs uh, discussion. <laughs> Yeah, probably. So, is gorilla blood in a performance enhancing drug? It's hard to say. Experts don't know. Yeah, experts can't agree. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. I, uh. Coming soon oh. to coming soon to Vice Sports. Yeah, is gorilla blood a performance enhancing drug? I'm doing a lot of undercover reporting. I'm getting beat up in alleys a lot over this. Trying to find some, trying to score some some gorilla yeah. blood. You got any gorilla blood? And they're like, "Oh, you're not rich. Come on, get out of here." Did you sign a hundred million dollar contract with the NBA? Yes, I did. I'm Steve Nash. 
I'm six two and I have long hair, so this folks is how uh investigative reporting gets done. Yeah, yeah. You just act like you're Steve Nash and then go anywhere. Don't try this at home. Oh no. No, you have to go to journalism school to learn how to uh, like the first like ten lessons are learn how to impersonate Steve Nash. J one oh one, how to impersonate Steve Nash. J J one oh two how to create a fake Steve Nash identity. J103, um, advanced Steve Nash studies. Uh, J225, uh, mastering Steve Nash's jump shot to prove that you're Steve Nash. This is all they teach you. J400, the seven seconds or less uh, class. It's like just how to run it. Yeah. Back to front. Um, J graduate studies, uh, uh, is, is just you at this point, you're stealing Steve Nash's blood to pass Steve Nash blood tests to get deeper and deeper into the story. And that's how you, that's how you become an investigative journalist. Yeah. You become Steve Nash. Um, so that's it for the bench bigs because I don't think we need to get into, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. I'm not going to do a season review for Jake Lehman. Not going to do a season review for Tim Quarterman and not going to do a season review for Pat Connaughton because Oh, come on, not Pat Connaughton. They, those guys didn't play. Baseball or, legend or, Pat Connaughton? Or Shabazz Napier, excuse me. Not I'm also not going to do season review for Shabazz. Of course not. Uh anyway, um so not going to do those guys, unfortunately. Um going to continue to do some draft stuff uh as well uh later on this week. Uh, and yeah, so, uh, I don't know. Any, anything else you wanted to, to touch on, on the bench bigs or to talk about Nurkic and, Oh yeah. Me. You didn't get Here's you didn't... everything I have to say about them. Yes. You, give us your Nurkic take since I already did. I did the whole pod on Nurkic. And Nurkic Plumlee. good. Plumly bad. <laughs> and is, is that, is that what, you, is that pretty much the conclusion? Yeah. That's all I got for you. All right. God, would I not want to be the team that has to pay Mason Plumley? Don't don't do it. Just don't do it. You don't have to, teams. Also, the the Nuggets actually don't even have to. Like they traded him, and like everyone was like, they definitely have to resign him. And I think everything that their GM has said has indicated that they're going to resign him. But they also have the other Hernan Gomez kid, who's not bad. The best part about At that centers? trade was that the Blazers traded up in the draft for it because everybody thought Plumlee was better than Nurkic. And then the Blazers made the playoffs instead of the Nuggets anyway. It was just like a really embarrassing trade for the Nuggets. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it was justified in all of the possible ways that it could have been justified. Yeah, before. Yeah. There's yeah. There was no way to look at it and think like, Oh, this isn't a good idea, but it just ended up being the worst idea. Yeah, it like it, it, it somehow went from like, oh, well, nice. Blazers got a first round pick and like, I mean, the Nuggets didn't really need it. That was one of the things that Denver kept on saying, like all the media in Denver were like, oh, well, you know, it was just superfluous. You know, they already have all these young guys under contract, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they just needed to, you know, they can't sign all the rookies or whatever. And they still have a good pick. They still have their own pick. But like still, it ended up it being just broke a terrible. It just, it just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, was, it just went from, oh, yeah, that's a standard NBA trade to, oh, boy, 
uh, in 10 games. So congrats to the Blazers who are touched by God. And sorry, Denver. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Uh, it was so like, it was so, it, it still is the funniest thing in my opinion, just how much Denver hates Nurkic now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what? I understand. I would too. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't hate him. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably I not. only hate, uh, uh, Felton. Off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, pleasure talking to you, Eric. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for reviewing the bench bigs with me. It was a lot Before of fun. Smith on Twitter. That's right. Check me out on Vice Sports. Eric, you got anything coming up? Uh, I have some, some things cooking, but not anything soon. Absolutely. Uh, I saw you wrote about Bieber today. I did. Justin Bieber is the ultimate sports fan, and we should all uh, mimic him. I like, I like that tweet. I Thank like you. I like competitive sports events yeah. as well. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That he has a beautiful and pure attitude towards enjoying sports that the rest of us cynical j- read the article. It's great. So uh, uh, sweep or or do the Cavs get on the board? Uh, sweep. Sweep. Okay, Corbin. Corbin. I'm thinks, bad at predicting things though. So yeah, I, I I I picked Cleveland. So I mean, who am I to? I I convinced myself Cleveland was going to win. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, they killed them. They killed everybody. It's good. They're just going to be unstoppable, and there's just going to be offense, and every game's going to be 125 to 127. Uh, oh, the Warriors are really good. And, yeah, and, and they're just like, there's just really no way to stop them. So, anyway, um, I hope game three's better. That's tomorrow. Thanks for coming on, Corbin. Uh, oh, also uh, – you have a podcast as well. Take it or break it. Oh yeah. Sorry. I have a podcast. It's called take it or break it. It's a lot of fun. It's about sports. All right. So, uh, until the next edition of locked on blazers, go follow Corbin at Corbin, a Smith, Corbin, Smith, Corbin, Smith on Twitter. And we will be back with you later this week with more locked on blazers.